I recently helped hundreds of people achieve more in a few months than they had the previous several years. And now I'm getting ready to open up another challenge where I want to help you do the same. Here is actually a short testimonial of someone who was in that challenge. This challenge was hands down the best thing I did all year. And I appreciate the time, energy, and heart that you put into it. My name is Dr. Benjamin Hardy. I'm an organizational psychologist and best-selling author of many books that have now sold millions of copies. Click the link down below and watch this free training where I will show you these frameworks on how you can achieve more in the next 90 days than you possibly have in the last five to 10 years. Click the link down below and watch the training before it goes away. Hello and welcome to the Be Your Future Self podcast. I'm Dr. Benjamin Hardy, author of Be Your Future Self Now. Be sure to visit futureself.com where you can get the one-page Future Self checklist as well as the full Future Self course and other amazing goodies. All of these are free at futureself.com. All you have to do is put your email in. You'll get an email with a bunch of amazing goodies, the one-page Future Self checklist, the full Future Self course, which will change your life, and other things such as the Peak State checklist and my ebook Slipstream Time Hacking, futureself.com. Let's go ahead and jump into this episode of the Be Your Future Self podcast. According to Aristotle, if you want to understand how the world works, you really want to start to understand the causes of things, why an event occurred or why something happened. This is true of human behavior as well. He actually calls his fourth cause, final cause, and it's a, a way to explain how humans are actually fundamentally different than animals and other things. Humans are different than animals to the extent that we can be intelligent and intentional about our behavior. We can think about future goals or aspirations and we can align our behavior towards those, whereas animals are more the direct byproduct of their environment. They're very reactive and instinctual. What makes humans more intelligent is that we can have intelligent design behind our behavior. If you think about, for example, a rocket, putting a human on the moon, we didn't just randomly do that. We actually had the goal of doing it. We imagined it first. Stephen Covey said that mental creation precedes physical creation. If you want to understand the why of human behavior, you want to understand what's the goal? What's the reason for a person doing that? For example, if I walk over to my fridge, what's the why? It's because I want to go get some food as an example. So the why is always the end in mind. There's always an end for every behavior. Even you clicking on this video and watching it, there was an end. You wanted to see the video. There was something that drove you. Yes, our goals as people are often reactive to our environment or our culture, or our situation, or even our past. We may have had a traumatic experience, and we let our past dictate the goals that we set for ourselves. But becoming more intelligent requires becoming more intentional. And being more intentional means you start to think about your future. You start to think about where you want to go, and you start to think about the ends that you want so that you can then live your life proactively. Actually, Stephen Covey's first habit of highly effective people is to be proactive, to be intentional, to think where you want to go, to begin with the end in mind would be his next habit. And so this then takes us to all of the research on what psychologists call prospection and also the research on identity and future self. Prospection is the idea that as human beings, one of the things that makes us different from other life forms is that we can think about the future in different ways. We can think about infinite future scenarios, and then we can drive our behavior towards the future that we want. All human behavior is driven by goals, but sometimes those goals are not things we want to approach. Sometimes those goals are things we want to avoid. So we're always being driven by the future. Fear is being driven away from a future that you're trying to avoid. For example, maybe you go to work because you don't want to get fired or because you don't want to lose your house. Those would be avoid goals. So you're actually being driven by a future you don't want to happen. The interesting thing about most news and media is, is that they're always painting a hopeless picture about the future, and then they leave people with a scared future. And whatever view you hold of the future is the thing driving your behavior. If you want to become more intelligent, you've got to become more intentional. Begin with the end in mind. Start thinking about a future self that is exciting, and then as you commit to that future self, your behavior will change. Actually, the definition of identity is whatever you're most committed to. 
Whatever you're most committed to is your identity. And that has a lot to do with whatever you're committed to in your own future. And so the idea is, is that you want to get committed to the future you ultimately want so that your identity resonates with your desired future self so that your behavior begins to trail towards your desired future self. With that said, I'm going to break down, show my screen, just very briefly and simply walk you through seven simple steps to becoming your desired future self. So the first one is pretty simple. Clarify. You've got to actually clarify your future self. In order to actually know what you're doing in the present, you've got to have a pretty clear goal. Without a clear goal, what are you going to do? Actually, research shows that without clear goals, you can't be in a flow state. You have to actually know what you're doing. Think about it on a given day. Like If you don't know what your plan is for the day, then how can you know what to do? You'll just wander aimlessly. And that's actually what Dr. Hal Hirschfeld has found. Hirschfeld is one of the top researchers on prospection and future self. And what he's found is is that if people are disconnected from their future self, they're going to make very short-sighted decisions. They're going to engage in behavior that will give you immediate rewards, but at the end of the day is actually costly to your future self. Wandering on social media, randomly scrolling, eating junk food, those are all behaviors that give you an immediate dopamine boost. They're short-term rewards that have long-term negative consequences. Most people, what Hirschfeld believes, is most people are not connected to their long-term future self for one reason, because humans simply haven't evolved to do so. Most human behavior is driven by very short-term immediate rewards that are negative towards the future self. So the first step is actually clarifying your future self. Who do you want your future self to be? Think beyond the moment. Actually, Robert Greene talks about this in the 50th law, which he wrote with 50 Cent. He said, by our nature as rational, conscious creatures, we can't help but think about the future. The challenge is, is that most people's future is so short-term. They're just dealing with immediate battles. They're dealing with paying the bills, getting to work, getting the kids to school. All of their goals are like a fire hose hitting them in the face. It's just a very short-term future. But as Robert Greene continues, if we lift our gaze and start thinking further and further out, we can start to create the future we want. So you really want to connect to a future self that's at least five, 10 years out. Think about if you really got focused on one thing for five years and you really invested in that thing. It could be becoming a millionaire. It could be starting a business. It could be whatever it is you want. If you gave yourself a bigger timeline and really started to disconnect from the urgent, there's that whole idea that there's the urgent versus the important. And the urgent are never important and the important are never urgent. So you really want to think ahead to a bigger picture future self, one that's important and not urgent. And then to the extent you can remove those lesser goals. I'll break that down for, for you in a minute. But clarifying your future self, there's one other key aspect of clarifying, and that's giving yourself priorities. Jim Collins wrote, if you have more than three priorities, you have none. So you want to clarify your core three priorities. What are your three priorities? If you have more than three, you have none. For me, my priorities are my family. I've got six kids. Also books. I'm an author, so I want to 10x my career as an author, writing 10 times better books, but selling 10 times more books. My third priority is financial. Uh, I want to put my net worth in a place where my family is absolutely in an amazing position financially. Those are my priorities. They have nothing to do with you. You just have to decide for yourself, what are your priorities? What are the areas in your life where you're going to make massive investments? You can look at your life like a garden. Your garden is either overrun with weeds or it's intentionally designed. And back to Aristotle, the more intelligently designed your behavior is, the more effective it will be. The more you can actually focus on and be in a flow state and create the right things. And so if you looked at your life like a garden, what does that garden look like? And what are the type of fruit you want your future self to eat? Or what are the type of, what is what are the outcomes and the experiences you want? That will enable you to plant the right seeds. You don't plant a tomato seed and hope that peppers grow. 
And so you want to plant intelligently. What are the type of investments you want to make? What are the types of things you want to plant so that they will grow into whatever your future self becomes? So defining your three priorities enables you to think, what are the type of garden I want to grow? Who do I want my future self to be? What do I want to optimize myself for? So clarifying your purpose is about defining who you want your future self to be and then clarifying three priorities. These are the three areas where you're going to make massive investments in so that those are the three areas where your future self experiences compounding effects. The next step after you've clarified your future self is to begin eliminating everything that's outside your priorities. Robert Broad said, we're kept from our goals, not by obstacles, but by a clear path to lesser goals. So anything that's a lesser goal, anything that's not taking you towards your future self should be eliminated. The writer Neil Gaiman actually gave a commencement speech where he talked about how when he was a young writer, he would imagine his, his future self essentially as a mountain. Every time he was presented an opportunity, he would think, is this taking me closer to or further away from the mountain? If an opportunity was not bringing him closer to the mountain, he would say no. And he would say no to lots of amazing things that his former self would say yes to, and which may have been relevant to his former self because his former self at that time may have not been as close to the mountain. So you've got to ask yourself in any situation or moment, is this taking me closer to the mountain? Is this a lesser goal? If it's a lesser goal, you've got to start saying no to more and more. There's a great quote that basically says, perfection is not when there's nothing left to add, but when there's nothing left to take away. Leonardo da Vinci said, simplicity is the ultimate sophistication. So once you've clarified your future self and defined your three core priorities, and also obviously set some massive tangible targets for those priorities, you've got to start eliminating and simplifying. It's not about being busy. It's about being effective. I actually love the quote from Derek Sivers. He said, being busy is another way of saying your life is out of control. So if you're busy, it means you have too many competing goals, too many conflicting goals. Again, all behavior is driven by goals, but your life's going to go in, in a very disorganized direction if you've got too many competing and too many conflicting goals. The idea is, is that you have less goals, less but better. Be an essentialist. Have a clear, simple future self, clear, simple priorities, and set goals that are all going in the same direction and then eliminate the stuff that's distracting. Say no to increasingly more. The next step is really powerful and really interesting. It's about getting to a place of knowing that what you want is already yours. So there are three levels essentially of orienting yourself towards a future self. One is having a sense that you need it. That's an unhealthy attachment. If you feel like you need something beyond what you already have, that is an unhealthy attachment. And that leads you to being unhappy. That leads you on basically the hedonic treadmill where you think you need something, you get it, and then ultimately you're unfulfilled by another need and another need and another need. You never actually get where you want to go if you feel like you need something beyond what you currently have. Above need is wanting something, where you want something, but you know you don't need it. You, you can genuinely want it, and you can go and get it, but you know you don't need it. You don't need anything beyond what you currently have. Wanting is a lot healthier than needing, but wanting is still a place of lack. If you want something, then intrinsically you, don't, you believe you don't already have it. You don't believe it's already yours. That's why you want it. So you want to evolve above wanting to a state of knowing, knowing that what you want is already yours. Dr. Joe Dispenza talks about getting to this place of knowing by proactive gratitude, gratitude towards your future self. What Joe Dispenza talks about is that gratitude is the most powerful state of mind for receiving, but usually gratitude is framed as past oriented. You're grateful for something that has already occurred. It's very powerful. It's very motivational. It's very healthy. And so what Dr. Joe Dispenza talks about is experiencing gratitude for future occurrences in the present so that you feel like it's already occurred, so that you know in your head it's already occurred. You can feel grateful for something before it happens, and that changes your body in the moment to get to this place of knowing that what you want is already yours. There's a great quote from Florence Shin. She said, faith knows it has already received and acts accordingly. 
there's a model that says you have to first be before you can do and do before you can have. This is, again, orienting your identity towards your future self, being your future self now and doing what your future self would do. This is what Neville Goddard would talk about as far as being from your goal rather than trying to be towards your goal. You can do and act and be from your future self and think, what would my future self do rather than thinking from your current perspective? Instead, you can reverse engineer and you can be your future self. Do what your future self would do, not what your current self would do. And so get to a place of knowing. There's actually also another great quote on this from Stephen Covey. Stephen Covey said, to know and not do is to really not know. So once you get to a place where you know what you want is already yours, then you can do from the vantage point of your future self. That will be very different from doing from the vantage point of your current self. You will do from the goal, not to the goal. And so you'll be able to do in a lot more powerful way because you'll be doing from a state of knowing and from your future self's perspective. And that will then lead you to having anything you want to have. And that's your choice right now. Any time you're ready, you can start being your future self now. You can start knowing that what you want is already yours. Getting to a place of knowing is really an internal acceptance. And it's an acceptance of your future self. Actually, Dr. David Hawkins talks a lot about this. He's got his scale of consciousness or his map of consciousness and what he talks about is, is anything below 200 on his map, anything below courage is where you're trying to force things. It's very unhealthy. Whereas anything above courage, we, you start to get into a really powerful place. And above courage is a state of acceptance. You just fully accept that, that your future self is you. You accept that what you want is already yours. And so you can reach that state of acceptance and you do that through gratitude. And you could do that through prayer as well. This requires meditating on your future self, praying about your future self, accepting your future self, and then reaching a state of peace and acceptance and commitment that this is who you are, this is what you want. Then you can start doing towards that goal and eliminating everything else. After you've reached this state of knowing, you can then start asking directly. And, and you can ask God, obviously. You can ask, ask and you shall receive is one of the most like repeated states in the Bible. But also more practically speaking, asking for exactly what you want, clarifying specifically what you want and then directly asking all around and finding the right people. Once you start asking, you will start receiving. Dan Sullivan actually has a concept all around this. He calls it always be the buyer. From Sullivan's perspective, you're either the buyer or the seller in any situation. The buyer is the person who has clearly defined what they want and they're the person who can walk away. The buyer is the person in the situation who they know what they want and they can walk away. They're not desperate for it. Whereas if you're the seller, you're like, think about it as a car salesman. You're really desperate to get the sell. You're desperate to be in the relationship. You really want to be there and you're willing to bend over backwards. And if you're the seller in a situation or if you're the seller in a relationship, then that means that the terms of the relationship are being dictated by someone else. I was once in this position, even with my previous publisher, I was the seller. I asked them, I told them I wanted to write certain books and they said no. And then they, they, gave, they offered me way less money than I wanted. So they wouldn't even let me write what I wanted. And they were paying me way less than I wanted. And I was willing to bend over backwards. And I actually ended up signing a book deal for a book I didn't even want to write for way less money than I thought I could have. And so I was the seller in that situation. I was the one desperate. I was the one who was yielding to their terms. And gratefully, I got myself out of that book deal and out of that situation and got myself to a different publisher who allowed me to be more the buyer. We were both shared buyers. But the idea here is, is that once you've clarified what you want, you then want to go out and ask directly for it. The more you can directly ask for what you want, let's just say you want to learn anything. You know, if you want to learn how to invest in real estate and you want to make a certain amount of money in real estate or you want to have a certain amount of properties, the more you start asking directly and clarifying what you want asking, then when the student is ready, the teacher appears. And so ask, ask, ask. 
There's a great example of this actually, even on YouTube. So Graham Stephan is someone you've probably watched from his, his YouTube videos. He watch, he creates financial YouTube videos. And he always asks at the beginning of his videos for you to like and subscribe to his channel. I'll actually do the same thing. If you like this video, please give it a like and also subscribe. But the funny part about Graham is in the beginning when he was making YouTube videos, he wouldn't be so bold and direct about asking for likes and subscribes. But he got to the point where it just didn't even matter anymore what other people thought. He was so committed to his future self that he was willing to ask for directly what he wants. And what's interesting about most people is, is they're not willing to ask for directly what they want. Instead, because they have fear and lack of confidence, they may see what they want in their mind, but emotionally they resist it. There's a great quote actually on this by Dr. David Hawkins. He said that the unconscious will only allow you to have what you believe you deserve. And so because people resist emotionally what they want, they end up lowering what they ask for and they end up asking for way less than they really want, which means they're being the seller in the situation. They're being desperate. So you got to start asking for directly what you want. Once you do, you're going to start seeing it more. You're going to start getting more opportunities, getting more information, becoming less ignorant. And ultimately, you're going to start getting what you want. The next step of being your future self is to systemize at the level of your future self. There's a great book on this called Less Doing, More Living by Ari Mizell. And what he talks about as far as systemizing is first you optimize. Optimize means you break something down into its small bits, into its small pieces, and you eliminate anything that's not useful. You eliminate everything and you then automate as much as you can. You let technology handle it. So as an example, this video is automated. Like it's, it's on YouTube and millions of people or hundreds of people, whatever, can watch it without me having to consciously do it. This video is automated. So you and I don't actually have to have this conversation in person. The video has been automated and it's now set up so that it's just watching. So the same thing kind of happened with me with my financial advisor. One of the things that he talks to me about or told me what to do is to automate how much a certain amount of money that leaves my bank account every week and goes into my investment account. It's like you set it and forget it. And so once I did that, I set a certain amount that I felt comfortable with, automated it, and then I forgot about it, honestly, for for months. And then when me and my financial advisor met again at some point in the future, I think a few months later, He's like, look what has gone on with your investment account. And I looked at it and I was totally blown away. That's because I had automated my investment strategy. That's what they call dollar cost averaging. So whether you're investing in the real estate or stock market or crypto, it's really smart to dollar cost average. Time in the market is better than timing the market, as they would say. So a few steps of systemizing is number one, eliminating anything that doesn't make sense. The next step is automating. Once you've eliminated and automated, and that's basically what Ari Mizell calls optimizing, then and only then will you outsource what's left. And that's where you start to get a who. You start to apply what Dan Sullivan and I call who, not how. And that's where you get who's or other people to take care of the how's that you shouldn't be doing anyways. I think that anyone watching this video should get a virtual assistant or an assistant of some sort to take care of a lot of the logistical things going on in your life. But you can also create a system or a filter that allows your time to be better and better spent. As an example, I have my assistant, Chelsea, And I've given her clear parameters of what kinds of things I want on my schedule or what kind of opportunities I'm looking for. And she then becomes the filter. She answers my emails. She answers the inbound calls. And anything that isn't relevant to the filter I've given her never reaches my mental plate. This is a way of applying what Tim Ferriss would call selective ignorance or even strategic ignorance. And that's that you don't want to be aware of most of the stuff out there because your input shapes your outlook. And most of the stuff in the world is a distraction, as John Maxwell and Greg McEwen talk about almost everything is irrelevant. Almost everything is a distraction. And so the less you have hitting your mental plate, the less decision fatigue you will have. Instead, you want to create a system and a filter so that less and less actually reaches you, but it's more and better. It's, 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 it's the relevant stuff. It's less, but better, I meant. 
And so you can create a system that's automated, but also a system with who's where your time is spent doing those things which you love, which matter most. That's what Gay Hendricks would call your zone of genius. And you're letting either technology or other people handle the rest. Now, you may be thinking, yeah, but I can't afford to hire a virtual assistant. Here's where your thinking is slightly wrong on that. The sooner you make an investment in your future self by, let's just say, hiring a virtual assistant or an assistant could be for a certain amount of money, you know, like $10, $20 an hour or whatever, depending on like the level of virtualness and where they're at. You then have freed that time for higher order thinking for what's important, not what's urgent. You can also, you'll, you'll also, because you're committed at a higher level, find new ways. You will find new ways to over, to, to get above that investment. There's a great quote from Will Durant, the historian. He said, the ability of the average person could be doubled if the situation demanded it. So once you make the investment, you hire the who, not only have you freed up certain time so that you can spend it on higher order things, but also the situation will demand you to make more money or to whatever you need so that you can pay the assistant. So it's in making the investment first that you get committed and the situation then demands you to do higher level things. So you can create a system around your future self. The next one is scheduling your future self. And that's that's the idea of putting the putting first things first. So Stephen Covey has an exercise that he does. I love it where he has a bucket which represents our time and then he's got a bunch of small pebbles and a bunch of big rocks. Well, if you put the small pebbles in first, then the big rocks don't fit. But if you put the big rocks in first, then all the pebbles fill the small gaps and you can fit it all in. The idea is, is that you got to put the big rocks in first. As Mark Twain would say, you got to kind of eat that frog. You got to put first things first and that's got to be reflected in your schedule. Most people's schedule reflects the little pebbles or the urgent battles, not what's important. So you want to start eliminating all of the urgencies from your schedule and making your schedule reflect your future self. Whatever that is for you, those are your three priorities. For me, for a long time, as an example, I was writing books, but I was doing it in the margins. I, my schedule was too overwhelmed with other people's agen- agendas or urgent battles or those pebbles. And so even though I was writing a lot and successful in my writing, it was never on my schedule. And so now I've eliminated all the urgencies from my schedule and I've put my family first. One of the things that Dan Sullivan teaches his entrepreneurs and strategic coaches to have 150 free days a year. That's three days a week where you are fully recovering from work. You're just, you're away. You're doing something fun or you're engaging in activities or whatnot. In psychology, they would call that psychological detachment from work. But you schedule in your priorities. And so for me, Wednesdays, Saturdays, and Sundays are time for my family, honestly. And there's no work-related work. And so that's psychological detachment from work. I've now made Tuesdays, Mondays and Tuesdays, my time for book writing and filming YouTube videos. And so these are my days where I just do that. There's no nothing that can hit my schedule those days, except for like in extreme conditions. But usually, no, nothing's going to hit my schedule on those two days. Those are my creative days. Only on Thursdays and Fridays can I have certain appointments and they have to be extremely filtered. So that's just me explaining my schedule, but I invite you to look at your own schedule and think how much of your schedule reflects small pebbles or urgent battles or short-term goals and how much of it is built around your big three, your three priorities. Again, if you have more than three priorities, you have none. If you're not clear on your future self, if you're still just dealing with the fire hose of urgent battles, then it really doesn't matter how much energy you put on, you're just on the hamster wheel. doesn't matter how much energy you're not really making traction, you're not moving forward. So the seventh one is on as far as steps to your future self and making massive progress towards your future self is to aggressively complete imperfect work. This video is an example of that. This video is not perfect. It will never be perfect. My future self will be able to make better videos than this, but I'm glad I made it. Dan Sullivan has a concept he calls the 80% rule. 80% gets results, 100% is still thinking about it. And so 
if you are not completing projects, if you're not completing work, if you don't have deadlines, deadlines are the way to make what's important into something that's urgent so that you actually get it done. Just as an example, I actually literally yesterday finished my book, Be Your Future Self Now, and now I'm working on the next book. You know, And so I have two books that are coming out in 2022. My third book with Dan Sullivan is called 10X is Easier Than 2X. That comes out in October. So I'm massively completing imperfect projects. Every blog post or every video you film or every product you put out, whatever it is, you want to be a completer. As you complete, everyone can start, but how many people can complete the marathon? And so you've got to actually complete. Seth Godin would call this shipping. Shipping from Godin's perspective is actually putting the thing out there and letting the work clash, as he would say, with the outside world. If you're just thinking in your head, that's paralysis by analysis. That's you outside the arena. There's that quote about how it's not the person outside the arena that matters. It's the person who's actually in the arena trying and failing and and actually learning and working. So if you're not completing projects aggressively, imperfect projects, 80% projects, 80% gets results, 100% still thinking about it. If you're not aggressively completing projects and shipping, as Godin would say, then you're just honestly wasting your time. You're not, you're not actually learning. You're just in your head thinking. But if you put the work out there, then, you, then you're forced to really think it through and adjust it, think it through. And so it's in putting out a lot of work that you evolve and grow a lot more. And you know, one of the things that Seth Godin talks about, he gives Picasso as an example. Picasso painted like a thousand pictures. Three of them you might know the names of. But if he hadn't been doing all that shipping, painting, publishing, then he might not have gotten to those three really good ones. And so it's often quantity that leads to quality. And it's better to be prolific than perfect. Done is better than perfect. If it's still in your head, if you're still trying to polish it, you're overly committed to your current self and your current dogma. Your future self, even a week or a month from now, is going to see things much better. And so get out your imperfect work and then your future self will make better work. So those are the seven steps to being your future self. I hope this helps. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Be Your Future Self podcast. I'm Dr. Benjamin Hardy, author of Be Your Future Self Now. Be sure to go to futureself.com, put your email in, and get immediate access to all the goodies. The one-page Future Self cheat sheet, which I recommend you print and put somewhere close by so that you can reference it. The full Future Self course and other goodies, such as my Peak State Checklist, which has been downloaded almost a million times, and my ebook, Slipstream Time Hacking. Go to futureself.com, get those free goodies, and until next time, Be your future self now. Talk to you soon.